Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Jill Lehman started High Frequency Arts. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Jill, thank you so much for joining us on Local Matters. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I am so excited to talk about High Frequency Arts. I've had the privilege of being there in person, seeing what an incredible space you have and what you've been able to do with it. For those listening that haven't had the chance to go to Hub and Spoke and see what you've put together, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Hub and Spoke is an amazing building, by the way, and it's only been open since April. And we moved our studio in in September. But it's, picture it this way, it's a one-stop shop for art. So everything from kind of the art showroom gallery experience to the Makers Made Boutique and everything in between. We also do art consulting for clients, whether you are a commercial client, a residential client, or a designer. So we're here to help you, and we can provide project services from anything from helping you scope and put the strategy together all the way down to the procurement the delivery and installation. Well, because a lot of people start out as, you know, amazing artists, right? They have this gift, they have a talent, and then don't really know what to do with it. Is that kind of where you step in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really wanted to create a place for artists, emerging and professional artists, to show their work, to provide services, to teach um, organizations, especially how to consume art and be customers of art. Collector always scares me. It's a, it's a scary word to a lot of people. And it sounds expensive. And it sounds very expensive. So it, really, I talk about how to be a good consumer of art and make art affordable and accessible and let you know that it's a blue ocean for you and have just the space and the place to create the experience. So where did the idea for high frequency arts come come from? Or how did that come about? Sure. If you would have asked me even five, 10 years ago, would you own an art gallery and do art consulting? I probably would have thought you're crazy, but I've always <laughs> been a creative. I always knew I wanted to own my own business. I've been a longtime art collector. I have a husband who's an artist, a daughter who's an artist, many friends who are artists. And I've always felt that being around art and creatives have helped me be better in my work and what I do and be more creative. So when I started to bring art into the workplaces that I worked and thinking of it as a culture and engagement strategy, being a chief people officer and a chief administrative officer, I talked to designers at the time and art consultants, and they didn't think of it as a strategy around your people. So they thought of it more as decor and um, maybe one or two artists, a catalog of art, and I really wanted it to be something more meaningful than that. So I did it myself, and I fell in love with it, and I fell in love working with artists. I really saw how people connected with art when we brought it into the space, the story it could tell, how we could connect artists and artists to the individual business too, and then in the flip side, we could help artists have careers. And so that kind of pulled to my background in HR, people development, culture development, talent development. So high frequency arts just became kind of a combination of my passion and you know my background. 
you know what's interesting is you know when you say your name now it's almost synonymous with art like there's such a fusion between the two and you said so yourself you were you know kind of surprised that you found yourself doing this what did you want to be when you grew up what didn't I want to be when I grew up, right? Like any child, I think I dreamed of a lot of different things. I thought about being a teacher. I thought that I would be a veterinarian. I loved animals. I grew up on a farm. Um, when I went to college, I thought I was going to work for the Chicago Board of Trade because I had an economics and business degree and background. So, I, you know, the, those were kind of the things that I wanted to do. I always kind of knew, though, in the back of my head, small business was important to me. I grew up in a family of small business owners, restaurant owners, family farms. Um, So that I think has always been in my DNA. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of that HR background that you have, and then taking the leap to opening a store. How did how did that happen? Sure. Um, and when I started to talk about art and HR, I think everyone looked at me with three eyes. <laughs> um, but it really is. If you think about what we do, at least with high frequency arts and what we were trying to create there was about creating um, engagement with art, engaging more people with art, helping artists have careers. And those things just all fit together for me. And I spent most of my career in corporate America doing transformation projects, helping build and grow teams, corporate environments. Um, So it's just another, I think, dimension of my experiences. But we do it with the lens of art now. Well, I think, too, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with environment. Not enough people give kudos and the important to the environment that we're working and living in, right? What are our surroundings? And I think the pandemic kind of, you know, really brought that to light. You know, my husband works great from home. I work better in an office, right? Because, you know, I have the window, I have my artwork up in my office. I have these precious things that mean something to me there. And for me, I'm much more effective and focused when I'm in an environment that is inspirational, Right. And that's soothing. And that just kind of gives me maybe that little boost. Right. And is that what you found, you know, in your HR work and those environments that you were creating that, you know, were just directly affected by our surroundings? We're definitely affected by our surroundings. You know, I, I can go back to when I was leading field HR teams and we would go to different locations and we could be in a city like New York and we could have two different locations and they had access to all the same things through the organization that was available to them. But one um, facility or environment would excel at talent, at development, at all hitting all the qualifiers, you know, when you think about performance, and another would struggle. And I was amazed that when you started to peel back the layers, what it really had to do with leadership, what it had to do with the environment that people were in, and the things that we reinforced in those spaces. And that's where I got really intrigued with creating culture and environment and bringing art in as a component of it. Because art is used, you know, we think about it in a healthcare setting and art therapy and how art can be used in those spaces. But if you think about the workplace too, you know, those, uh, you know, have become, they can be stressful, right? They are fast paced. We are moving from the industrial age of work where we were working more with our hands and doing labor type environments to more of the creative class of work. So there's a lot of mental energy that's exhausted in those. So 
you know, there's a lot of stressors that are involved. After COVID, too, coming back, you know, we've we've sanitized, we've scraped, we've shielded, we've separated. And now art can play even more of a critical role than it has in the past. And art's therapeutic benefits, it's proven that being around art, music, all those things can reduce cortisol levels in your body. And as an HR professional and working in and thinking about strategies around even health and wellness, when I looked at our workforce and the utilization that we had in the healthcare system, whether it was prescription drugs, whether it was services that were being used, a lot of them were around mental health. So again, art can tie into helping in all these areas that we don't always traditionally think of in the business setting. Now, is High Frequency Arts a store that you can just pop into and go buy something? It is now, as of September. Awesome. Tell us about some of the artists that you have in there. Oh, gosh. Right now, we have probably over 70 different artists and makers in our space. So we not only have our space in Hub and Spoke, but we also curate all of the art programs in the Hub and Spoke building, which is, a if you've not been there, it's a phenomenal space. It's a commercial Um, design center. So there's a lot of tenants there that if you're working on building a house or remodeling a house, it's a place to go for sure. It's also an open event space that you can come in and rent and have events at. It's a co-working space. A lot of people don't know that, but there's a a co-working space upstairs and you can co-work throughout the building. It is, you know, just a community connect. So trying to do like the open houses that we do, kind of a a gathering place, a meeting place. Fisher's Parks just moved in and they run the makerspace there and the makers playground, which is really, really cool. So you can take classes, whether you're children or adult in what we consider STEAM education, not just STEM. And I could talk all day about why the A is important. Let's, in that. Well, clarify for those that aren't familiar with that acronym. Yeah. So when you think about STEM education, we always talk about the science, technology, engineering, math. We throw the A in there for STEAM, and that's arts. And it's a critical component, I think, that's been left out too long in our education system as well. Are you finding that the pandemic kind of enlightened us to what we're missing it sure did. In society. I mean, even, you know, me personally, you know, we have a huge garden, right? So I started canning. I started preserving. I got my sewing machine out, didn't do anything with it, but I got it out. And I'm like, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing with all of this. Because when I went to high school, home ec was actually removed from the curriculum because at the time it wasn't seen as a college prep program. And I don't know that there's anything else that could be more wrong. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's happened in a lot of schools as budgets have been cut over the years. Things like home ec programs, vocational education programs, arts programs have been cut. And it's not been valued in the educational segment of how it can lead to, you know, work and jobs. And, and that's why I think another reason I'm so passionate about art and art careers Because I think sometimes we think about if you're going to have a career in art, you're just a starving artist unless you get lucky, right? But there are so many other ways you can have careers in arts just besides being an artist. There's like in my space, I employ artists and they're excited and giggly every day that they went to art school and they get to work in an art business. So I think we forget that there should be and can be careers in art that aren't just hobby or starving um, and that art is a critical component in the workplace i'll give an example of that 
is we would always look at resumes and we'd scroll down and, and look and say, oh, they played sports. And then we'd always start talking about how sports had these great competencies and lessons that we could contribute into the workplace and leadership and development and team. And then you get down to see someone who is, oh, they were an art major or they do art. And we just kind of look at that and the, the conversation would move on. And we really did ourselves, I think, a disservice in business when we don't recognize that creative energy that people who have art backgrounds, musical backgrounds bring. A lot of great entrepreneurs, if you look in their background and their DNA, they're artists, or they become artists when they retire. Um, so art and entrepreneurship are, this, are very similar. It just manifests itself in a different product. Coming up, the challenges and successes Jill has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local independent restaurants because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods. We're local. This is our home, too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Jill Lehman of High Frequency Arts, who started her business in late 2017. Jill, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner? I think the hardest part is you, you really have to know a little bit about every aspect of your business. And you have to get your hands dirty in every aspect of the business. Because when you look around and you say, who does this? It's you. And if you don't do it, you have to be knowledgeable enough to find people who can do it and support you. So I think that's you know, one of the things that I've learned and is really tough because it's hard to be jack of all trades. What's been the most rewarding part about owning your own business? I think the ability, again, it's that creative background, the ability to create, the ability to um, test and try things and fail and succeed and know that you can, you know, the sky's the limit 
because there are no boundaries. They're the only the boundaries you create within yourself. Jill, what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Um, do your homework. You know, really make sure that it's something that um, solves a problem. I think it's is important that you feel is in your mission or in your why. I think you will have much more success and want to get up every day if it meets those qualifiers. What were some of the challenges you saw? What were some of the challenges you saw in your HR career? What were some of the mistakes business owners were making? I think again, what we talked about is creatively looking at different competencies for talent. Sometimes we focus more on the resume and the work experience versus the life experience. So as the market gets tighter and tighter for talent, I think we have to look outside the box from that perspective. Another thing too is we talk a lot in the organizations and we put you know core values and things on the wall, but we don't always demonstrate those or bring them to life. And I think that's what always concerns me in organizations. We talk about being an innovative culture, for one. It's almost on everyone's core values. But when you get down to and talk to the organization about what are the proof points that exist in your organization that talk about you being innovative, they can't articulate them. And you can't visually experience them. And, you know, we eat with our eyes. Mm -hmm. We view the places we want to work and the places we want to interact and engage with with our eyes first so your visuals say a lot about who you are as a business so if you say you're innovative and the space doesn't look innovative checkbox number one you've missed Mm -hmm. if your policies and procedures don't allow for innovation or or failure you check you you're missing you know what you really say you're about well i think sometimes we are really good at things for other people and we forget that about us right like especially if you know if you are a creative and that's what you're trying to put out there and then you go to your website and it is just clip art thrown together it's like oh, well how can that person help me if this is what they're doing for them right i call those the proof points i like that the proof points it's like the measuring stick absolutely you know it's like saying oh we're going to take this to the next level well what does that mean what what is the next level so if you can't measure it how do you know if it's successful mm-hmm. Jill, why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana original matter to you? I think the importance of supporting local is critical to our economic development. And that goes back to I'm an economics major. So it's near and dear to my heart. And I believe that for communities to really grow and thrive, not only is art important, but supporting local and small business is important. Because when you support local and small business, those are the majority of the businesses that make up a community. Those are the ones that support the baseball teams, support the nonprofit programs, support the schools. Those are the people who are, who are working and you know, you're supporting their dream right? You're supporting families. You're maybe supporting the next big thing too for the community. So it is critical for economic development for small businesses to be successful. Besides IndianOriginals.com and our app, where can we find out more about you and how can we support your business? Sure. You can find out of us at our website, 
which is highfrequencyarts.com. We're on social media. So on Instagram, High Frequency Arts, Facebook, High Frequency Arts, Twitter, High Freaks Arts. So with the F-E-Q, it was really long to put anything <laughs> else up there. You can stop at our space at Hub and Spoke because we are open to the public. Our hours are listed on our website, on our social media. We'd love for you to stop by, say hi. And that's a little bit of ways you can find us. And you have lots of special events, too. So we got to keep an eye out for those. We do. We have one um, this coming Friday. We do a quarterly art reception with our artists and makers. And we open that up. And not only is it to view the art, um, but it's really an experience. And we try to create that experience for the guests that come into the space, for the artists that come in the space. And then we pick a not-for-profit each quarter when that event takes place to support and donate a percent of proceeds, because that's another important thing for me with high frequency arts is, you know, using it as a social impact and supporting not-for-profit organizations, not just re- just in arts, but across the community. Jill Lehman, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you for having me, and I love being an Indiana original. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals, Indiana.Gifts, and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana Original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about Why Local Matters at IndianaOriginals.com and on our app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.